Verbal Discharge. The world's third to best radio show. Not about squids. Catch up at verbaldischarge.co.uk. Something doesn't quite feel right this week. Something feels a bit amiss. Isn't that right, Jordan? Something this week feels very strange indeed. Isn't that right, Robbie? Yes, it's very, very strange. Robbie, you sound a little you sound a little different this week. I know. After a week's solid of injecting both shot testosterone, my voice is now marginally deeper. Not quite deep, but slight an o- like deep, less than an octave. Deeper than your usual Yeah, yeah. What how, how what what's, what's it like? What what we've been doing this week in, in Robbie things? Well, I've just told you I've been injecting both shot testosterone. I've been taken straight from the bull shark as well, so it's <laughs> been pretty it's a pretty messy affair. Do you I mean, have you been capturing these from wild bull sharks or do you Keep bull sharks. I just, I just swim around in the uh, the deep sea area, let a bull shark swim. But I dress as a sexy lady bull shark, so they come towards me, and I have love hearts over the head. And then I'd come in, tear off their testosterone makers, and, <laughs> and then stick a little sort of spigot as a people put into trees to go collect maple syrup. And then drink. Wasn't that a plot point in one of the Hunger Games films? It was. Oh, is that when they get the little thing and they stick it in the tree and the water comes out? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Which, which I don't know, it kind of makes... Surely it makes the entire experience a bit unfair, because if I recall, it's sent into... The, the little arena by Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, here you go, Katniss Everdeen. Here's a, here's a spigot for you. Here's, here's a tap. What did you just call me? What spigot? <laughs> you, you, you filthy spigot! Spigot does sound slightly offensive. It does. It sounds it, it, like it, a it, slur. It's, it's got the hard G and the hard T. Hey, hey, spigots on the back of the bus. <laughs> we don't take cannons to spigots around this neighbourhood. So I feel we should begin by introducing ourselves as we normally do. Um, I'm James. And this week I've been really frustrated because my copy of Fallout 4 has not arrived as promptly as I would have liked it to. Hi, I'm Jordan. My Fallout 4 copy arrived exactly when it when it should have. Swine. <laughs> Um, my name is um, Robbie, uh, whose nick- who's, who's nickname happens to also be Ben. Um, <laughs> and I've been for- playing Fallout 3 for three days solid, and my god, I've got nothing done. Fallout 3? Please help me. Please Fallout come to the... Uh, please give me an intervention. Please, I'm dying out here. I'm having a good time. you've been playing Fallout 3 for three days? Fallout 4 for three days. Not Fallout 3 for four days. How many How many Fallouts for how many days? Um, exactly ten. So, I'm going to go ahead and just, just go into this, because Robbie isn't here, so... So we can talk about something oh, the Robbie... J- the jig's up, folks. Robbie wouldn't permit. Hello, this is Robbie in the future. I'm editing the podcast now, and there's nothing I can't cut out. Fools. It's a Fallout 4, guys. I pre-ordered it a month before the release on Amazon, thinking... They all got their copies on time. I didn't. What What were you playing at, Amazon? What's going on? We sabotaged the, uh, the delivery... Uh, tro- I was going to say wagon. The delivery wagon. <laughs> <laughs> my that's why, delivery that's wagon. why I got here so slowly. It was on a, sort of just coaching horses. And then the, uh, it, it was delivered by a rogue Amish well, man. You, the, the caravaneer died of dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, paid for, you paid that much extra for the um, faster delivery as well, didn't you? Yeah, I but, did. But it wasn't, you weren't paying extra for the faster delivery. Ooh. You were paying extra because they chose to have the two most beautiful stallions pull the wagon mm. instead. They were pretty... Pretty were, beautiful stallions. They were majestic. They let us uh, stroke their manes, touch the hoof. Before they rode a rainbow into the into the sunset. Yeah. Is that how Amazon do their delivery? It is. Here's they your do. copy of Fallout 4, James. Over the rainbow we go! You know, you know how they've unveiled their new Amazon Prime thing? Well, if, if you subscribe to Amazon Prime, uh, you get free next day delivery. Well, it's free next day delivery. It's part of the subscription fee. But if you're a Prime member, you can pay £7 per item and get one hour delivery. The next step up 
If you pay um. £14, they will deliver your items to you within half an hour by winged Pegasus. Winged... Uh, up. I've, I was thought you were being serious. I was I like, know. I was like, oh, that's very. How do, how do they do that, James? They do. That, they do do an. Oh, hour he delivery. was just messing yeah. with me. They do actually do an hour delivery. You can pay for it to be delivered within an hour. <laughs> Imagine that because oh god, we got an hour one. We got an hour one. That the guy, the delivery man, puts in his jacket, puts in his hat, and just runs out the door. Like, <laughs> 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 I gotta get, gotta get to Dobby. <laughs> There they are at the Amazon warehouse, like, an alarm starts flashing, and everyone's <laughs> like, Oh, someone wants it! Someone wants our delivery! And then the driver, the driver turns his cap around, like Ash Ketchum, ready for a Pokemon Ready to battle. catch them all. He plays his theme tune as he, he goes out. He, he grabs your, like, <laughs> DVD copy of Love Actually, or whatever it is you've purchased, and just sprints for the door. Why is, we, yeah, is Love Actually that, that worth an hour delivery? <laughs> I need to see Love Actually! Well, it has an all-star cast. <laughs> I, I mean, need to see Love Actually on DVD you'd, you'd within p- an hour. You'd pay for super fast delivery with such names as Liam Neeson, Rowan Atkinson, all the other people that are in it who I can't remember because I haven't seen that film in ten years. Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick from The Walking Dead, is in it. Oh, um, including the, the Kara Knightley's in it. Um, I'm sure some other people are. Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh! <laughs> Welcome back to Verbal Discharge, home of the world's worst French accent, courtesy of our very own Robbie Owen, who is we, who is in the studio with oh, us hey. right now. Oui, uh, je m'appelle dans le studio. Oh, oui. Your name is Dan the Studio. Je, <laughs> I'm not even French now, I'm offended. Je, je m'appelle Philippe et mon uh, hovercraft is full of eels. <laughs> <laughs> Just point, like in France. At which point does this become really? racist? Um, none of the points. None of the points does this ever become racist. From the very start. It doesn't become racist, I mean, James. it could be xenophobic from the start, but it's well, never going to be racist. just you wait. I'll I love ask, black I'll, people. I'll ask my French friend here, Jean-Claude. <laughs> <laughs> my God, that's how I do sound. My name is Jean-Claude Van Damme, and I like cause. No is relation. Jean-Claude Van Damme French? I don't think he is. Is, is he Belgian? Well, it's, a, it's a different Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's, just com- it's completely coincidental. All, all French people look like Jean-Claude Van Damme. They're all muscly and... That is and true. And Wear sleeveless denim jackets on the Alps. (laughs) When you run through national stereotypes of the French, you think baguettes, striped shirts, my moustaches look like Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, I've got one, I've got one. You know, when they tie, when you get a sweater and you tie the arms around your neck and walk around with it. That's that's quite French. That's more just rich people. Did you you know that um, by law, every single uh, French citizen over the age of 19 has to carry a chain of garlic around with them at all times. No, oh, no, 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 that's a loop, that, there's a loophole in, that's basically, uh, the idea is they're supposed to, Of course there's a loophole, it's tied around my neck. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll see myself out. Uh, but, but no, there's actually a, another French law that says you're allowed to run away and just not obey anything. It's good to have you yeah, back, yeah. Robbie. Where, where, where have you been? I was... Did you, did you make something up about me being in like the fourth corner of hell, running a train with Hitler again, or something like? Do that. I, do I have did a fiction I have to stick to? Did we ever or, make up? I think like we a... might have. Uh, yeah, that was the first episode. The first oh. thing anyone heard of this podcast was you was me turning up and saying, "Hi, I haven't been here all the time because you didn't record the the bit where I wasn't here for." Robbie, do you really expect us to remember all the times we've killed you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember all the times I killed Jordan. That's a fairly regular occurrence. 
Um, I was in Chesterfield. It's not that exciting. What what were you, what were you doing there, Robbie? I was telling what, people... What, what, what incredible things did you witness at Chesterfield? I was telling people older than me how to live their lives. <laughs> really? I was, yeah, I was helping them write personal statements. How, how old do you mean by older than you? Um, they range from... Oh, some of them were sort of 18, but they range from sort of 18 to about 45... Oh, so that's a haggard so, and weary age. They were more than twice my age, yes. I, I think that we as a society should begin judging people uh, on their age purely based on the structural integrity of their knees. Of their knees. Yeah, the structural their integrity knees. of their knees. How are we going to work this out? Have they got fair pay structures and pension schemes for their knees? The structural <laughs> integrity of their knees? No, not, not as in the... Are the foundations solid? Will they no, collapse around them? No, not as in the systematic integrity of their knees, but but as in how, how sturdy they are, how, how resilient and worn down they are. And, you... and what what tests do you like yeah. propose <laughs> to more... test the resilience of their knees? Put more and what? more weight on their backs. Like Put like one sort of big plate of sort of uh, something not not dinner uh, but like <laughs> sort of um, just, just just large weights in the back and just keep piling it more and more until the person's knees inevitably break it doesn't matter it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter <laughs> the fact you know we'll never be able to walk again but at least we know how strong their knees were it's like the like, like when you do the test to see if someone's a witch by, yeah, yeah, by yeah. putting them in a sack and throwing them into the water <laughs> i think that's correct i don't know politically correct Hey guys, you know something that I'm really, really bitter about that I don't think I've mentioned at all? Uh, it's my copy um, of Fallout 4, not oh. arriving on time. Weren't we talking about that before? Shh, Robbie wasn't here for that. I bit, wasn't, so he I wasn't here for the first link, I haven't been here for the... I wouldn't know. So, um, uh, basically, my copy of Fallout 4 didn't arrive on time, despite me placing my pre-order a month in advance! A month in advance, Amazon! God damn it. Um, so what I've got here, and I want us to just, uh, if we could go through these and discuss these, uh, I've got ten things preferable to my copy of Fallout 4 arriving late. Number one, the end of all life on Earth. Um, I would take your copy of Fallout 4 arriving late. Yeah, I, I would also take that, because if, if you were died, then you'd never get to play it. But then if all life on Earth is eradicated, or at least most of it, then it would be like Fallout 4 in real life. <laughs> so then you can actually play it. Well, it, but is, is be it, dead. Yeah, is, is it play it if you're dead? Or? Yeah, well, you go, when you go to heaven, every, everything's... You can be one yeah. of the skeletons on the floor in Ed's Easy Diner. One of those skeletons <laughs> that tells a story, and you go, hmm, what happened here? Nice one, Bethesda. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just the dialogue <laughs> options where you skip through yeah. people and just go, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is intense Fallout 4. Because uh, the thing is, I've only been able to play a few hours of it today. Whereas uh, you two, Ben and Jordan, you've mm-hmm. been enjoying it for a good few uh-huh. days now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm 21 and, hours in. And, <laughs> and I'm the voice of the everyman. I am I am the, the, the voice of the man baffled by in, it. So, number two of my 10 things preferable to my copy of Fallout 4 arriving late. Uh, imprisonment in Guantanamo Bay. Uh, no, I'd take your copy of Fallout 4 arriving late. Really? If you were imprisoned in Guantanamo Bay, then um, you wouldn't be able to play it at all for a very long time. Mind you, I think maybe they have, like, a PS4 in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, you'd assume that the guards would have one when they're not busy, like, sodomising all their prisoners. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Which is exactly what happens at Guantanamo Bay. Don't kill us. I'd imagine there's, like, a secret room somewhere in Guantanamo Bay. Some of the 
prisoners talk about it, some sort of rumor and it's like oh it's a secret rumor oh no no one's it's like oh it's just a rumor it's just a rumor but if if you go up upstairs in guantanamo bay if you go up a staircase up a ladder it's push, 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 push an open brick wall um climb along through the crawl space there's a tiny room with an old crt television and a ps4 hooked <laughs> into it believe me my uncle works at guantanamo bay <laughs> I, 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 I thought it'd be better if they just had a bookcase where, yeah, where you had to take one of the books out because I doubt anyone at Guantanamo <laughs> Bay reads like War and Peace or anything like that. <laughs> well, well, what do you think no, of the, people? Um... They're, not, they're not like massive idiots. Like... No, I know that, but um, would you just have it in a language that nobody there reads. That's one way to do it. The, the I forgot his name. The subject of In True Blood. In Cold Blood, rather. Uh, in True Blood. In True in Blood. True blood. What's that, that really, that really bad... Um, oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. vampire yeah, movie. Yeah, the, yeah. No, the vampire Five series. Film. The, series, that's the one. That basically played out like some weird sort of vampire fantasy. Yeah, redneck vampires, wasn't it? it, it, that's, it that's the yeah, the, the entire thing played out like someone had like gone to a trailer park, saw someone watch, watching Twilight, and in some drunken stupor just kind of blurred them and like a sexual frenzy together. Do you Does think that, it's kind Wait of, a second. Do you think it's kind of ironic? <laughs> They named the main character Sucky for like a vampire film as they suck your blood. And then other activities that may happen during that. Someone just goes up to me and goes, Oh, you called Sucky because you're a vampire. And he goes, Oh, God, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> that's, uh, that's weird. Well, I, feel, I feel so stupid now. Oh, you've, you've, you've shown me the light. <laughs> I've been a vampire for a hundred years and I've never thought of that. Number three, The Trial of a Thousand Tears. I have no idea what this is. Um, what, what do you think it is? Does it, is, is it, is it literally it... crying a thousand tears? No, no I, 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 open, to, open to interpretation. What's everyone think well, the trial of a thousand the, tears is? The try when um, you've got a court case and the, I mean, you've got about probably about 600 of the tears have been over to the other 400 tears and they've gone, mate, I don't like your bird. And then the 400 tears being the underdog. Perhaps mm. they don't expect anything of them. Uh, then pulls out a massive tear and just like engulfs because you know that thing that happens when when one blob of water goes into another blob of water yeah, yeah. and it all goes into one. Like pulls out one big massive tear, uh, which is sort of they've been hiding behind. All of them have been hidden behind this, this big tear. This big tear pulls it out and just throws it at the others, and all of the six hundred tears suddenly emerge into one. Uh, and that's the trial of one thousand tears because there's one thousand and one involved, but, but they just round it off. Yeah, surely though that that mean you had the problem of because if all the tears are combining then yeah. surely that means that it, the, 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 the tears get progressively well, less as the trial goes on well yeah but it starts off they don't name court cases at the end do they name them at the beginning come on do they name court cases <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do yeah, only numbers apart. usually yeah, unless yeah. they're really interested unless a lot yeah. of people have died we've got court case 951 769 evidence <laughs> one stands out just called the trial of a thousand tears <laughs> then it goes back to court case 2062 I imagine that the Trial of a Thousand Tears, um, you've just got to walk through a cinema that has different layers of seating, um, and y- you've got to go through all thousand of them. Oh, no. Oh, I, my God. I think the Trial of oh, a Thousand wow. Tears. Yeah, oh, that, that, wow. That is, that is my <laughs> lowest. My I thought you were going to say just people watching It's a Wonderful Life, as they all just weep at the ending. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that, that's way too kind and, and decent a joke. In fact, it's not even a joke. It's not even a joke, <laughs> and that was still funnier than my joke. Number four. Brain cancer. Do you know what? I would take your f- copy of Fallout 4 not arriving on time. <laughs> Over... Brain cancer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> next item. Uh, next item. Uh, hitting. Your I point- would take your copy of Fallout 4 not arriving on time. 
Yeah, but James, that's James's copy, you selfish guy. Yeah, I would take yes, okay. I would prefer James's would... copy of Fallout 4 to arrive late I... than, than for me to have brain cancer. I would take my copy of Fallout 4 <laughs> not arriving on time. But you Which have... it hasn't. Yeah, but you don't have a copy of Fallout Exactly, 4. it hasn't arrived on time. Yeah, Maybe. so how, how can you relate? How can you empathise with my plight? I don't have brain cancer, and yet I can empathise with that more. Fair, Fair. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, number six... Hitting your funny bone. Uh, oh. I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll take the funny, funny bone. Really? Yeah, yeah. I kind of enjoy no. hitting my funny bone. So why? What? Really? Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, no. Okay, there's. Right. A, why? What? What's wrong, with, what's you wrong two? with you guys? There's a moment of satisfaction. Yeah, there is. Kind a, of like, just like a, a moment of like. Ooh. There's a novelty. There's a like. If I'm going to be hurt anywhere, I wanted to be on my funny bone. It's just sorry. Just realizing that half the room are masochists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. that's oh I, yeah, hit my funny bone some. <laughs> I have never ever encountered anyone who has approved of their funny bone being hit until what? now. This it's is the worst thing ever. Yeah, it's, it's such worse a terrible, than no, no, no. terrible feeling. Stubbing your toe. Stubbing your toe is the worst thing ever. Which toe? Big toe. Number seven, uh, Richard Nixon's climax face. Preferable, preferable. The jowls flapping about. Oh! <laughs> I'm on a crock. <laughs> yes, preferable to my copy for arriving late on. Uh, what? What about it? Are we watching it? Are we? Are we engaging you're with it? You're experiencing it. We're experiencing it. Heart, mind, take, body, soul. Take that as you will, and you will from <laughs> Richard Nixon. So am I Richard Nixon in this situation? No, but but he's climaxing in front of or on you. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me Deep Throat. That's a that's a sexy Watergate joke. That's a that's a good Watergate <laughs> joke though. It was Deep Throat. I don't know. I don't know that much about. It. I just know enough to make just uh, was... do weird deep entendres <laughs> about it. Linda Lovelace. Uh, d- d- <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing, I'm it's, sensing another joke that I didn't understand. That's fine. That's is that, fine. Is that when we, when none of us got the joke, <laughs> that we realised like it's just I'm too, too high level for us. Is, is that it's like not, it's, Nixon's it's, wife or something? No, uh, Linda Lovelace is possibly the most famous porn star of all time. Ah. Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I've never heard of her. That's yeah, fine. Say, she was three played, people in the room. There was a movie about him which was played by Amanda Seyfried. How, um, oh, why not, really? Why yeah. not Long Dong Silver? When, where's this movie? <laughs> He is actually a real person. He is. He? I went yeah. to the. Uh, I think it was it was the uh, the sex museum in uh, in Amsterdam, and uh, but, but there was like an exhibit in that museum dedicated to porn star Long Dong Silver. Oh, was that who that was? <laughs> yes. Oh, I've been to that exhibit. Of course you did. You went to Amsterdam. Why would you not go to that museum? Uh, number eight. A copy of Fallout 3 arriving <laughs> instead. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's arriving instead. So therefore, the two are. Inherently connected, yeah. well, it's, and you can't compare them. Let's let, let's say uh, in the place of this argument, it's my copy of Fallout Four arriving late, or a copy of Fallout Three arriving on time, but it's not the version of Fallout I wanted. Wait, are all these factors like happening at the same time, like with the brain cancer? <laughs> someone, someone, someone's got brain <laughs> cancer. Oh, at least Fallout Four's arriving late, or something like, that, something like that. That's not as bad. So. Are, they, are these are, they, are these sort of like th- this happening or this happening or both happening and which ones I, I think preferable? Be a bit like give us the answers, James Boston. I in, in my mind, where's the birth certificate? <laughs> what? In my mind, it's a bit similar to this thing that kind of came out in the news recently, where 
this where there was a there's a child with a terminal illness who has been allowed to see Star Wars Episode Seven mm. early. Was, uh, was that a child? I, I, th- I swear it was a grown man. No, there was a child. There was, was, there was a fourteen year old, and there's another guy who is a fully grown man who's trying to get the same treatment. Ah, like, hey, I'm I'm ill as well. <laughs> show, show Hi, guys. My, my copy of Fallout Four has, uh, has arrived late. Can I see if Star Wars Force Awakens early? Number nine. Garfield 2, A Tale of Two Kisses. <laughs> wait for the fallout. Wait for fallout. But starring Tim Curry and Bill Murray in the same movie. <laughs> At long last. Yeah, the pairing that nobody asked for. <laughs> because Lord knows that pairing's been waiting to happen for so long. We've all been crying out in desperation. Why, Lord? Why haven't Bill Murray and Tim Curry been in a film together? Well, it could happen. Well, it has happened. Well, I want, I want an answer, guys. Why? why, why? Well, no, they have. Fallout 4 yeah, yeah, arrived. Why, why, why haven't right? they been in a good film together? Maybe I mean, they have. Well, it's definitely not Garfield 2 and Taylor 2. Can we pitch a, a good Bill Murray and Tim Curry film? Can, uh, do, can anyone do a Bill Murray impression? Bill Murray plays a downtrodden man that used to be lovable. Wow. And Tim Curry <laughs> plays like a, a slightly creepy man um, who's a slightly slightly eccentric. Yeah. And the two of them can... like Speaks know, a bit like this. They can solve crimes. Eliza. <laughs> what, what's, what's up with Nigel Thornberry there? It seems, <laughs> seems a little bit seductive to his daughter. Oh, Eliza. Eliza. This is what this has become. Th- this is what, Wild Thornberry's incest fan fiction. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's out there. It, I'm, Go oh, to it, fanfiction.net. It wouldn't even surprise me. No, no, it is out there. I can guarantee it without even needing to look for it. I know it's out there. I... I I can probably get you there within a song. Within a song. Within, within a, song. a song. I thought you were going to sing. Oh, find it. <laughs> <laughs> the wild, the wild Thornberry's incest emporium. Found it. <laughs> <laughs> Number ten on the the final thing on my list of ten things preferable to my copy of Fallout Four arriving late. That one bit in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, when that one Ewok tries to wake up that other Ewok. Only to soon realise that its efforts are in vain, as the other Ewok has been cut down by Imperial ATSD blaster cannon fire. Do you know what? <laughs> I would take your copy of Fallout Four not arriving on time. Over over that scene. Over that scene it, in Star it, Wars. It pulls that the heartstrings that sad. one. It's, it's sad when when the little bear creatures died. I used to play it on repeat. That one shot. <laughs> I didn't like the Ewoks. Really? No. The Ewoks are a savage little species. Yeah. Are they savage? They 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 go to cook everyone. Yeah. They 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 eat. Oh, the, they, wait, is, is it inferred that they ate the stormtroopers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they are they they eat the stormtroopers that they kill. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm like the drumming on the empty helmets and skulls at the end in yeah. the party scene. Like, Jesus Christ, you've killed several men. This is really like <laughs> and now they need to decorate their halls with the bodies of the stormtroopers. I like how the, like the rebels uh, they even seem to mind about that. Like these sort of strange alien species have like killed and ate their fellow man. But you know, if they're having a party, if there's fireworks there, it's all right. Yubnob's playing in the background. It's all good. There's force goats. Uh, force bro- goats. Bro- there's, there's force goats. Uh, forced goats. <laughs> Stop forcing goats into everything. We have to realise that that plot point of that hinges entirely on C-3PO being there because they're all like, oh, he's a guard, we'll fight. If C-3PO wasn't there, they'd have eaten everyone. Yeah, they would have been massacred. That would have been such a superior ending to the Star Wars series. <laughs> if all of all of the main cast are just destroyed and eaten by little furry bear creatures. Eliza and her family were sitting at the dinner table eating oh, dinner oh. when Debbie was asked to be excused. Wait a minute. No. The, okay. Okay. 
what we're doing is we're running through Wild Thornberry's fan fiction. Um, <laughs> this one's pretty short, so that's why I picked this one. Oh, phew. But, um... Have we read this? I'm just reading... I, I've skimmed it. Well, can we get some, cre- can we get some credit so we don't get sued? <laughs> some credit to the... the Even the, though this is probably open source, in fact, on some sort of... The auteur behind it yeah, is... Yeah, it is, IDS Girl 2000. Don't, don't, oh, you right. don't give credit to fan fiction. Thank you, I'd have to give credit to what they're writing about. Ah, I don't know. yeah, because... So, so whoever did the Wild Thornberries, we should probably give them... Uh, Arlene so, so if she sues yeah. us, Klasky Supio should sue them. So, um... That first sentence used the word dinner twice, and it's only like six words long. Okay, sorry, um, can we have it again? I've already forgotten. Eliza and her family were sitting at the dinner table eating dinner, which is just bad uh, writing, yeah, yeah, yeah. when Debbie asked to be excused. They, they, they could have spiced that one up. We're sat at the dinner table eating brunch. <laughs> and you're like, eating oh, dandy oh, boy apples. Already, it's, already it's playing with it your is, expectations. It's, it's like the opening of 1984, isn't it? It's like <laughs> the tr- clocks are striking 13. And like, you're like, oh, hold on. Not quite what I'm expecting. Can, Should we continue? Can, yes. we, can we work out some um, some subtext in this uh, Wild Thornberry's <laughs> incest fanfish? Okay, as I continue. Eliza asked to be excused as well, and they both went upstairs. Oh. Oh, what's going on dun, here? Dun, dun. Bear in mind, Debbie is the mum, and Eliza is the daughter. No, Debbie's the sister. Is she? Yeah, she's the teen. Oh, I, I okay. never watched enough um, Wild I'm, I'm pretty sure you didn't watch enough Wild Thornberry. <laughs> I didn't, uh, I didn't. Either way, they're still in the same family. Oh, yeah, let's, Debbie's... Let's, let's, let's get yeah, that yeah. right. Okay, yeah, they're sisters. It's just as... Debbie, bad. what's wrong? Oh, nothing. I can't what, remember how wait, they talk. What voice is that? I can't remember how they talk. I don't, I don't, it's been so long. (laughs) Debbie, what's wrong? Oh, (laughs) oh, nothing. What do you have under your bed? Oh, cool. This is real. This is corpse. (laughs) Someone has decided they're proud of this and has published this. Can we carry on? Can we carry on? Can we not riff on this? This is serious. This is art. (laughs) Please don't tell anyone, Eliza. Mom will never forgive me. Why would I tell? I like to play with myself also. Continue. Yeah. Look at Ben gently unzipping his trousers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll have you know these have got buttons on them, James, so gently. clearly you haven't been looking at my crotch enough. He's been ripping the buttons off instead of unbuttoning them. <laughs> <laughs> tearing at the jean fabric, just like ripping his way through there's the nothing. Gen. There's nothing there now. These are based sort of jean shorts right now. You but carry on. You do? Debbie said, totally shocked that Wait, her younger you're... sister would enjoy to masturbate. <laughs> This is this is really hard to discern because both of your characters have the same voice. I've been trying to do different voices. Can we do them in the voice of Tim Curry and Bill Murray? <laughs> Robbie, do you want me to do no. one of the voices? I so think you just can do. Um, uh, I'll come over to. I think okay. that you just missed the fact that they have, having already expressed the fact that Debbie is surprised that her younger sister masturbates. <laughs> she's then added as exposition Debbie said totally shocked that her younger sister would enjoy masturbating okay, so what the Debbie, Debbie or, Debbie or Eliza? Uh, I'll take Eliza alright I'm Debbie where are we big into, yeah. big into like okay. repeating themselves here with this fanfic aren't they yeah. yeah I do Eliza said but I don't have a vibrator like you do yeah because it's a bloody stone age <laughs> The Stone Age? Wait, no it's not. No it's not, we're, we're, we're out um, the, the, we're set, out in a big set in the modern day. We do, we do Why is somebody called Debbie story? in the Stone Robbie, Age? Robbie, wait a minute, am I Robbie. thinking of a different programme? Are you thinking yeah. of the Flintstones? Are you, <laughs> thinking, of, wait, wait, are you, are you thinking of Mike Lewinog? What am I thinking of? Yeah, it, the, it might be Mike Lewinog. They go into Africa, they're like... Um, yeah, they're like, like... Oh, what? I always thought it was set in the past. No. What, no. Why, why have they got a car then? 
I don't but, remember but, but, it very well. The driver and the big convy, which think, is like it's like uh, it's like a big RV sort of thing with like. I think I'm confusing it with something it. else, but never mind. This is a very short story, and we're only a quarter of the way through. You're confusing oh, it with a. Uh, right. can, can we hurry up and get right through right. this? Let's let's yeah, You can all, confuse all, it with Rugrats. You can use it if you want to, just as oh. long as you return it as soon as you have finished with it. Like you don't. You, no, no, no. You'd hope she'd take five minutes to wash it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Eliza, let's, stick it in the dishwasher. Put it on high setting. Give it back to me after. Let's take turns playing with it. Eliza said happily. Um. Okay, that sounds good to me. Debbie how, said. How old is Eliza meant to be? She's like. Is she like four? No, um, younger than fourteen. She is young. Eliza. This is. This is. This I don't know how I feel about this. Some, someone's gonna burst into this recording booth in like a few seconds. Which is why I'm, I'm, I'm watching the door because I know someone's gonna like go behind like that glass in the. Uh, the main room and just sort of like wave her arms <laughs> no at us. Debbie stripped off naked and then watches Eliza seem the same. Debbie blushed when she first saw her sister's naked body. <laughs> you sure are skinny. I never noticed how skinny you were until now. Oh. Debbie said to Eliza who smiled and then said, Thank you, sis. Oh, they should have speech <laughs> on the new line. Is that, is that, com- they is that have, a compliment? They should, they, no, they've put two different speakers on the same line here. <laughs> Debbie continued to stare at her naked sister as she lay down on the floor oh. and spreaded... Spreaded, spreaded, spreaded her legs. Afterwards, Eliza. T- afterwards, have we skipped something? Eliza turned the vibrator on high and then put it next to her womanhood. The abstract concept <laughs> of her womanhood. <laughs> Debbie watched as Eliza began to climax in front of her. Oh, uh, that quickly. Yeah, that, <laughs> I skipped a few beats there. <laughs> And then Nigel burst in. Eliza! <laughs> We've distracted a vicious leopard! <laughs> oh my goodness, what have I walked into? Aren't I going? Her hips twitched slightly as the vaginal muscles contracted <laughs> with every second of her orgasm. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Eliza moaned over and over again. Oh. After her orgasm, Eliza sat she there. You realise she's a backward Santa Claus. Eliza sat there on the floor and tried to catch her breath as every muscle, every muscle in her lower body twitched. All of them, every last one. What twitched. the hell is happening? <laughs> was, was the vibrator like attached to like a, a jackhammer or what? <laughs> <laughs> so a, a battering ram. It's completely disabled the lower half of her body. And then Eliza could never walk again, but she was safe in the knowledge that she had the best orgasm of her young life. <laughs> oh, no. oh. Debbie looked over and said, "Oh shit, that's the pneumatic drill." <laughs> Man, that felt good. Now it's your turn, sis. Here you go. Smashing. <laughs> <laughs> Eliza said as she handed the vibrator back to Debbie who accepted it and began to play around with the controls the like it's an airplane controls. what controls it wasn't long before Debbie was moaning and groaning just as Eliza did as her orgasm increased <laughs> as it increased Again! As it increased, <laughs> it's multiplying! Every oh, muscle in her body twitched and contracted <laughs> until she just crumped up into a tiny ball of flesh that so it just contracted into nothingness. Like a small. <laughs> Debbie imploded. It's like that bit in Under the Skin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all, all of the matter is pulled from her skin and she simply floats away. She, she just explodes until she, be, she becomes a marble of flesh oh, and then lands on the ground. Marble of flesh. <laughs> We're almost oh. at the end now. Soon, it was all over with. <laughs> it was all over oh, with. Oh, thank God. And the two girls just sat there trying to catch their breath. 
There's in a new paragraph. Afterwards, they got ready for bed and went to sleep. <laughs> where's Where's Darwin in all of this? Wait, was Darwin the monkey? Darwin was the monkey. He's, he's, he's watching from a nearby tree. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> <it>? <laughs> yeah, but he, he, he spoke though. He's, he's, he's like very sort of upper class English. Did he spoke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to be close. He to was really, there. really posh. Even I remember this. Even I remember the posh monkey. Oh, you thought it was set in the Stone Age. Yeah, but so. I, even I knew there was a posh monkey. Th- this is Darwin. He found us. And Dar- no, no, this, this is Donnie. We found him. And Darwin, he found us. That's from the intro. <laughs> oh. This is Eliza. I'm Eliza. I can talk to animals. And also, and also I have mutual masturbation sessions with my sister. <laughs> <laughs> After which we get... That, you know that's that's from a pilot, so... Uh, <laughs> about this. Is that Eliza? No, Eliza. <laughs> Debbie has to be excused from the dinner table mid-meal. Eliza follows her on the off chance they might <laughs> masturbate together. Afterwards, they don't go back and finish their meal. They go to bed. They don't. And because yeah, Miss, Mrs. Thornbury's gone to a lot of effort to make that ham or whatever it was they were eating, <laughs> and then they both just kill leave that deer. To masturbate. <laughs> they leave it aside. They don't know how valuable food is to this family. Verbal Discharge, the world's third to best radio show, not about squids. Every Thursday on Phantom Phantom Radio. Radio. Catch up at verbaldischarge.co.uk. Oh, wow, it's as if we've heard it before. (laughs) (laughs) Which we haven't. Uh, Last night, I was at a place, and at this place, I was talking to a posh man. This Mm -hmm. posh man was about my age, um, and he looked posh, he sounded posh. And at one point, he saw a man wearing a, a, a Labour rosette. He was wearing a suit, and he was wearing a Labour rosette on it, saying, vote Labour. Mm. And he said to me, boy, this place is full of ruddy lefties. Huh. <laughs> he actually said that, word for word, which made me very, very happy. Can anyone guess where I was? Uh, Conservatown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it was full of ruddy lefties. Was oh, it, no. was it Chesterfield? Invaded. <laughs> uh, no, I was at the, the, the regional rounds of the Debating Matters competition, which were held at the Glorious University of Derby this year. Oh. When I was in sick form, I took part in them. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Um, you, were, you were quite good at it. I was part of the team, the, 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 at the time, the most successful state school team that had ever been uh, in the competition. And this was sort of 10, 12, 15 years the thing had been running. So that was, that was pretty good. I was best individual how many ever times, basically every time, because I was pretty good. Are you, are you, are you prepared for a, for a debate right now? Well, I hope you should be. Like, yeah, wait, are, you, are did, you ready? Did you not win by, like, insulting someone's mother once? Oh, I've done all of those things. Yeah, I once put a pig on my head and it threw the opposition off their speech. Um, I, had like a, I had, like, a plush pig on the desk as a, as, like, a lucky mascot, and I went and put it on my head and started oh, and giving... Oh, curveball. <laughs> started giving <laughs> the person the? who was giving their speech, like, funny looks, and they just completely lost their train of thought and pause and just start to panic that was that was fun i also decided yesterday because dirty um, tactics i know my old school was taking part in it hence why i went to sort of watch and see and cheer them on okay at one point the opposition was giving their giving their closing speech and i started laughing during their speech which wasn't funny at all and it completely threw her off and she stopped and had to regather herself you're a monster yeah, you're i know you're, you're, I was... you're doing mind warfare with people <laughs> this is what i did all the way through i did i once um actually i've just met what you're talking about i once did uh just insult a guy's dad um i can't remember i started saying something about how do you say my dad's a policeman he can arrest your dad <laughs> Your dad's corrupt. <laughs> um, no, so your dad's an ambulance chaser. I thought inspired, <laughs> inspired by this, inspired by what was going on. I thought I would test your skills in the same similar competition um, of debate. How do we feel about debating as an issue? 
Well, it's not really an issue so much as it's a... Ah, so, yes, so, the issues are what you're debating. Did we talk about this in my last link? Yeah, but debating Mass- debating itself... No. I was cut off from the terrible joke I was about to make, so thank you. <laughs> Jordan, I believe you had some experience in sick form of this. I, I had very limited experiences in I went to like three or four things. <laughs> I was one of the founding members of my sick forms. Well, I, I say oh, really? founding members, I went to the first one. Yeah, did I, uh, you? Yeah, the, my, uh, a friend of mine who did found it wanted me to debate mm. one, of the, uh, one of the first issues. Uh, and the first week of debating was uh, for or against abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agreed to kind of take the brunt of it, and I was like, "Okay, I'll do against abortion." It seems like it's quite hard to debate against abortion. <laughs> Did you? So you weren't against other schools, though. You weren't doing the. Oh no, it I was wasn't ju- competitive. I was, and... I was just against um, some pe- were people that were in my year. Interstate and friendlies. It, it, it did. It did become just a, just a grueling, grueling series of personal assaults on their characters <laughs> instead of the actual time. <laughs> See, instead, normally, in order to prepare for this kind of thing, you would have. What a couple of months in which to study oh, yeah, and yeah, work yeah. it out and all of this uh, before preparing for one of these issues. I'm going to give you about thirty seconds. Fantastic. So I'm going to start with Jordan against James. Oh, okay. 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 Ben, you'll be you'll be on in a moment. And the issue is these are all issues that these are the debating topics from yesterday. James, you're going to be the proposition. Jordan, you're going to be the opposition. You Where, know what I mean? Which, 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 so James, you're I'm, going to say I'm yes. For... You're for whatever I'm about to say, and Jordan, you're going to be against. Okay. The way I want this to work is based on the format that debating matters uses. Uh, you're each going to give sort of let's say 45 seconds speech. Yeah, uh, I'll knock on 30 seconds for a <laughs> 45 second speech. Uh, I'll knock on the table at 30 seconds, which means you've got to close off and you've got sort of your final points there. Okay. Okay. And then you'll be able to question each other a bit and come back on any points the others raised. Okay. 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 Uh, and you have a chance for that, and then we'll switch and we'll do sort of a round robin type thing. We'll see how this goes. Excellent. Okay. Oh, great. The first topic is we should build HS2. Do either of you know what HS2 is? No. I thought it was a medical form. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got a HS2 form. Um, do you know what? Would this be more fun if I don't tell you what HS2 is? Please. Please. Yeah, just wing it. Okay. 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 So we're going to wing in it. In that case, the proposition goes first. James? <laughs> so you've got to establish what HS2 is. <laughs> Uh, wait, when, when does my time start? Your time will start. Uh, are you about ready? Yeah, about as ready as okay. I can be. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, and one. Jordan, you know as well as I do that HS2 is important. <laughs> so important that I don't think I need to grace any of us <laughs> by, by exploring what it actually is. But I think the one thing that anyone with a decent amount of common sense can understand is we should build it. We should build HS2 without question. Not building HS2 would be an assault on our rights, on our liberties, on our democratic process as a whole. I can't even begin to understate how important HS2 will be when we inevitably build it and it does that thing that it does. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. What a terrific, terrific speech. Okay, Jordan, for your counter that, that was a fantastic speech, but let's, let's cut to the point here. Let's cut to the real issues. If we are to build HS2, millions, not, not even millions, half of the world's population will be in trouble. And we know this because replacing Trident with the HS2 Mega Machine (laughs) will will cause severe nuclear apocalypses all over the over over the globe, over the world, over the moon, over the Jupiter. All right, over the it'll be all over Uranus, exploding all over Uranus, and and it just won't be good. 
Is that fantastic? Thank you. Uh, two very compelling speeches. Now, James, you've got a chance to ask Jordan a question. How, how long have I got? Um, you've, you can ask Jordan a question. Jordan can answer and come back on that, and you can have a bit of a debate from there. Okay. 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 So you've got if you've got a question to ask Jordan yeah, yeah, about yeah. HS2. <laughs> Jordan, in your speech, you declared that we would encounter multiple apocalypses. <laughs> Jordan, are you aware of the definition of apocalypse? <laughs> I am aware of the definition of apocalypse, but is there not multiple worlds in our solar system? Okay, Jordan, you can come back on that. Yeah, come back on me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> come back into the realm of fiction. <laughs> um. Jordan, yes there are, but none of them are inhabited and so can't face an apocalypse. How do you know this? Wait, no, who's asking the questions? <laughs> uh, Jordan, you can ask a question now. Your turn to ask okay, a question okay. again. I don't have a question because it's pretty it's pretty clear that HS2 is really bad. But, um, <laughs> so, James, where'd you get your hair cut? <laughs> um, I, I think this the last place I got it cut was, uh, I think it was called a Bloke. It was in the Westfield. I walked in and they they looked horrified because it was like almost shoulder length at that point. And walking into a barber's with that length hair is amazing because you just see the look of just shock and terror on their faces. Okay, fantastic. Uh, you've now got 10 seconds to do a closing summation of your arguments. Okay, James, if you start. HS2 is really, really good. <laughs> Jordan? If we build HS2, you'll never be able to walk into a barber's again. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Uh, the judge is going to take a second to confer, uh, during which time they're going to tell you that HS2 is the high-speed rail network the government's proposing. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to declare the winner of the first round is James. So James progresses. <laughs> which means that, James, you will now face... Ben, who's won the previous round, even though we haven't heard it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was amazing. You, you you, wish you could have heard it. The reason it wasn't sort of recorded and kept in this, it'll blow your tiny minds. <laughs> okay. Now, the second topic, the same sort of format, but this time, Ben, you're the proposition. James, you're the opposition. Okay. So, the topic is, a secular society should not prevent people from acting on their religious beliefs. Okay? Should, should not prevent should not. So, you're saying secular society should not prevent people from acting on their religious beliefs james you're saying it should okay so ben you can start your 45 seconds begin now a secular society should not prevent people from acting on their religious beliefs you know it truly is you know a beautiful thing religion sometimes it's created some amazing things it's created the roof of the sixth the sistine chapel it's created <laughs> the sistine chapel itself it's created all the people around the sistine chapel and it's created the floor below the sistine chapel and all the whoever's buried beneath the sistine chapel so we need those people to remain dead under the floor because they're they're practicing their religious belief by staying entombed underneath the sistine <laughs> chapel and if we prevent people from exercising their beliefs then the zombies will rise from the ground of the sistine chapel and they're catholic zombies so god knows what they're gonna do <laughs> okay fantastic that's your... beautiful, beautiful and james the war on terror or the such <laughs> the crusades need i say more i will because i've got longer i don't even think <laughs> I, I don't i don't have to stand here or sit here or be here and and preach to you about all the horrible horrible things that religion has caused don't get me wrong it's all right for a person to have their religious beliefs but when a religion directly impacts on the lives the hearts the minds the souls the bodies and the genitals of those people around them who who are we? Who are we to say that people can go ahead and just practice their religious beliefs? Is it not more fair to say that people shouldn't be able to practice their religious beliefs openly? 
Is that not the sign of a more tolerant, a more inclusive, a more fair society? Two, two terrific rounds. You, you laugh, but one of the actual arguments raised last night was that uh, people shouldn't be able to wear hijabs because they might smuggle exam answers in on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Normally. Let me just put my veil on. Oh, no, it's, it's actually a worksheet. <laughs> it sounds like uh, like it's kind of Britain first wet dream. <laughs> it was a bit. Should be able to wear hijabs. <laughs> Dragon knuckles, lads. Coming into our exam halls, <laughs> passing <laughs> our exams. That's why it's, so many of them working in hospitals, right? Because we've been sneaking into exams. Okay, Ben, if you want to begin, if you've got a question for James. Well, I wasn't listening to that much of James's response. In fact, a lot of my attention was waned by the fact I've got a microphone in front of my eyes. <laughs> so um, I'm going to do some character assassination. James, is it true that you're a Catholic zombie? Um, <laughs> causing both the children of uh, of uh, a lot of churches and also the Houses of Parliament to become unsafe in this dark, dark hour. No. Oh, unfair. Okay. <laughs> James, have you got a question for Ben? Ben? Yeah. Why? I ask myself that every time when I wake up and every time I go to sleep. Fair enough. And I feel that the winner of that round was Ben. Oh. So, congratulations. Well done. On winning James seemed like a genuine sort of well, sort of by the tone of his voice, sort of knew what he was talking about. <laughs> I, I didn't really. Though. Oh, fair enough then. The thing is, though, I've I've got an issue whereby I've just I've just got one of those voices where it sometimes sounds like I'm right. I was I'm sort of like, <laughs> I, I said, man, you started as like, gosh, James sure knows what he's talking about. Uh, can we do one final round, one final round quickly of Ben versus Jordan to complete the round? Yeah, 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 I was. Sorry, I'll, I'll move out my chair and forfeit it to Ben so Ben can... Uh, ah, we can have a proper yeah, yeah. proper argument. Okay, so Wait for the king. we <laughs> have works. one final round here, which is... Are you both ready for this? Jordan, you'll be proposition, oh, and really? Ben, you'll be opposition. I feel like Ben has got much better arguments than me. <laughs> really? <laughs> you'll find out. <laughs> the Sistine Chapel. When you started, I was like, oh, this is a really good argument. <laughs> and okay. then it kind of went... The topic is, childhood vaccination should be compulsory. So, Jordan, you're saying childhood vaccination should be compulsory. Jo- uh, whoever you are, Ben, you're saying there shouldn't. Jordan, your time begins now. Childhood vaccinations. Why wouldn't you? I'll tell you why you would. Because if you didn't, your child would die. It would die from something like malaria. Probably not malaria, because we're in England. But there is something else that begins with M, like measles. And that'll, die- that'll kill your child. It'll kill him plain dead. And I'm telling you now that if we don't vaccinate our children, they could get the, the whooping cough and the flu and they'll all die and it'll all be on you, Ben. <gasps> Sorry. Oh, oh. Done, I'm done. Uh, ben, your, 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 your argument, whenever you're ready. Um, I, I, childhood vaccination should not be compulsory. You know, I feel like the, uh, the option to vaccinate the child should be in the hands of the parent. And as a lot of parents will tell you, they know best, as well starting any argument with, as a parent... I think, duh, duh, duh. So it just goes to show. Um, they, they know more than people who've been educated uh, in the medical field <laughs> for years and years by just having a squirting a child out of them. Because that, 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 that bestows some sort of uh, wisdom upon you. Suddenly it's like, as, as the baby comes out of you, the, it gives the brain space to grow. And then that, br- that space in that brain will tell you that vaccinations, as the people in America say, give your child... Mental things. <laughs> <laughs>
Fantastic. <laughs> I really pulled that one away at the last <laughs> second. I got that. Mental things. So I think I'm doing pretty well. There was a, a similar, again, last night, there was one where they sort of argued that the parents should get the choice. Yeah, yeah. To which someone responded, well, the parents might not know best. Why would they know? And the girl replied, some of them might be scientists. <laughs> <laughs> The faint sound of James laughing in the background. Okay. Okay, okay. Jordan. I'm you're... also here. <laughs> Jordan. Where? I can see him in the distance, James. Is what really far away? I can see a tiny little dot waving. I can only see I his foot from where I'm sat. James, don't get that far. Jordan, do you have a question you want to ask Ben? Mm-hmm. Go on, Ben. Yes. Do parents really know what's best? Well, as that song from Tangled will tell us, mother knows best. Ah, knows... but not father. But wait, it's at least one parent. <laughs> and and, because... and, and that, that makes up for half parents. And um, as you know, from maths class, you can round up from, uh, from half into like the full one. <laughs> so if you, you, can, you can round up from 0.5 into one. That's how it works. I got a B in maths in, in year 10. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I'm a parent. And Ben, do you have a question to ask Jordan? Um... Jordan, when you've got that mic in front of your face, it looks like you've got a big, a big orange nose, and it's funny. <laughs> it was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a, it's not a question. It's uh, just one I've sort of been thinking about by the time you're sp- saying your entire argument. <laughs> <laughs> and your final uh, 10 second summaries. So, Jordan, you'll start. Okay. Um, if you had a horrible growing twin coming out of your neck, who would you rather go to? Your parents I'd, I'd go to or a medical <laughs> professional? I'd go to the growing twin. I want to see what he's thinking about. <laughs> and Ben, your final closing argument. Um, if you had a growing twin coming out of your neck, why wouldn't you want to keep him? You've got a friend for it. You know, you put vaccinations in that. It's going to, make, it's going to ruin it. It's going to ruin the fun. <laughs> that it's has like, convinced me. That's, that's smell of sitcom from that. That has convinced me. Ben is the winner of that round and therefore the overall champion of the debating doesn't matter um, verbal discharge championship 2015. D- fifth, fifth, 2015, aren't we? 2015. <laughs> yeah, 2015. 2015. 2015. Yeah, go Ben. Ben, do you have anything debating. you want to say about your victory? Uh, it really is an honour. Realising out of all of us, I'm the only one who didn't join any sort of debating team uh, <laughs> in school, but I did get into a lot of arguments about the original Pokemon game when that came out. When did it come out? I don't know. When I was minus two. Welcome to Verbal Discharge. Please leave your message. Draw in the tone. So, you know, guys, it's about time that we're all, you know, we're in our third years now, all of oh. us. We're coming towards the end mm. of this university oh. experience. And you know uh. what that means? Uh, stress mm. and yes. happiness, macaroni and cheese. But more importantly, it means we're going to have to find jobs soon. Oh, uh, what? what? And do you know what an important process or part of the process of finding a job involves? Knowing people. No? Um, well, yes, admittedly. Yeah, <laughs> Reading job adverts. It involves job interviews. Oh. So I think right here, right now, we should practice some job interviews. Oh, okay. So you're bringing me back like my Vietnam flashbacks of the only interview I ever failed in Zara because I didn't know how to make a London catwalk. Oh like... God, I did an interview <laughs> at Zara. So that's like, um, so, so what do you what do you think's in fashion right now? Oh, like, so... oh <laughs> did did you plummet like a like I I, I, I did? I had Some people wearing trench coats. <laughs> I had Sweat, an interview sweating in, sweating in my Primark suit. I had an interview <laughs> with Zara. Uh, I said to her, oh, like, what was it like to win the first series of the Junior Apprentice? And she said it was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Cause there was a woman you ask any, any other questions? That's, that's, uh, yeah, 
I said, oh, what are you going to do with the money? And she said, oh, uh, cameras. I said, oh, cameras. Good. Just she cameras. She was going to spend it on, like, cameras and stuff, I remember. I don't know. Magnets. Anyway, uh, so what we're going to do is, instead of just this being a very straightforward interview, we're going to conduct it as though it's a horrible, horrible group interview. Oh, I've got oh, okay. Which I, I know some of us have all had before. Yeah. Clamour for power. But in order to make things a bit more interesting, I've got some characters written down in a hat. Yeah. Draw, draw a character out of the hat. And this is who you will be for the duration oh, of the one. interview. Much like I did when I was born. I, I if, drew you, <laughs> if you give me a smoke yes. alarm again, if you give me a smoke alarm again, I'll be really, I, really peeved. I giving you a smoke alarm. <laughs> who, who have you all got? <laughs> I've got Olympic gold medalist Jessica Ennis. I've got a religious seller. I've got Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> <laughs> How has this happened? Thematically, this is amazing. So, uh, thank you all for coming for this interview. At Business Incorporated. That's all right. Well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's smashing to be here. <laughs> Jessica Ennis, you're, you're more northern than I remember you being. <laughs> oh, from Sheffield. Down with the capitalist pigs and the infidels. <laughs> ah, capitalist pigs, we hunted them in the Congo. <laughs> they were smashing to eat in the order, barbecue. Order, order in the interview. <laughs> First question. Why do you deserve this job? Let's start with Nigel. <laughs> do we know uh, what the job is? It's, it's Chief... Um, employee at Business Incorporated. <laughs> I deserve the job as, as a chief employee at Business Incorporated because I have, I've had an established nature documentary show for the past ten years and I've shown through through my... <laughs> through walking in so many times with my daughter's masturbating. I can tell you, I can put up with some... <laughs> Some pretty terrible. Pretty, I'm determined to be a 1930s gangster now. Pretty terrible. Right, see, see. see. Right. <laughs> I, I, I can deal with stress very well. It's smashing. Let's let's move along. R- religious zealot. <laughs> well, um, in the past year, I've had some very very good connections. I've done a lot of networking. Um, I recently spoke to God. Um, <laughs> And he informed me that I would make a great CEO for Business Incorporated. And from here, I can take down your capitalist pig infrastructure and skewer you all like the infidels you are. Uh, can we move along? Olympic gold medalist Jessica Ennis, why do you uh, deserve this job as chief employee at Business Incorporated? Uh, well, I uh, was running a long track. <laughs> I can't tone it down. I can't tone Wait, down Northern. When did Jessica Ennis speak <laughs> she's like got that? A, she's got a Northern accent, but it's she, not as thick it's as it's I'm not, doing. not as aggressively Northern as I can't as do tone... You, you're confusing me for an actor. Try and be Jarvis Cocker instead. You've been oh, Sheffield, but, but, but then insist that you're Jessica Ennis. <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone does want to swap out, I will allow you each to swap out your character once but choose it choose your timing carefully can i swap out now for thornberry because I, I don't think i can keep this up yeah, can i answer can. the question please before you announce who it is yeah, yeah, yeah um i i my name's jessica ennis and um no what was the question oh why would i make a good employee i um, why, why do you deserve this job jessica ennis because i i work really hard as you can see if you watch that documentary that was on about me on telly Back when I won gold medal, I work really hard. I also uh, wrote a book, and in my book, I said that I work really hard and I'm dead good. Uh, and I won a gold medal, so I'm successful in that. And I've inspired kids, and I just, I just think that I would be a really good. Med- I've swapped out for Frank Sidebottom now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he's carrying his Frank Sidebottom. <laughs> oh, trouble in Tripoli. That's why I had to come. <laughs> And at the comp and try and get a job here as Frank Sidebottom. 
My football, it's gone next door. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Well, that's a very good round of questioning. Thank you all. But I'm afraid, Nigel... Uh, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave this interview. Oh, smashing! I'll, <laughs> for, uh, that's all I can say. It's not even talking it's about not even your funny. underage daughters masturbating together. I'm bringing it back. So, uh, Nigel, good, goodbye. Is there anything you'd like to say before you go? I was just gonna say smashing, but it's it's so such for the lowest hanging fruit. It's not even funny to, even to uh, me. To, to, to replace Nigel Thornbury, I'm oh, gonna bring in. Oh, who's knocking at the door? It's stereotypical Australian man. <laughs> Okay, we've got the next question. Interview stereotypical. Oh, it's nice to be here, Cobbo. Nice to be here. Uh, We're going to go the other way this time, so we're going to start with Olympic gold medalist. Oh, get excited as well. Olympic gold medalist Jessica Ennis. What relevant qualifications do you have to qualify for this position? Well, I've got a gold medal, um, and I think I think that's pretty relevant because in business you need to impress, and I certainly can impress because I had a hit record with my football's gone next door, amongst others. Uh, I don't know why that's the only one that's coming to me mind. I had a TV program. Olympic gold medalist Jessica Ennis. You sound an awful lot like well-known 90s comedy <laughs> character Frank Sidebottom. Oh, I am. I'm Frank Sidebottom. Did you ever know? You never see him behind the mask. And he's Jessica Ennis. Well, actually, I fit. Chris Sibley faked his death in 2011 or 12, depending on when it was. I am actually Jessica Ennis, and I'm Frank Sidebottom. And I think having lived this complicated double life is a good qualification. Well, Jessica Sidebottom, that's a, that's a very in-depth answer, thank you. But let, let's move along. Religious zealot, what relevant qualifications do you have? Well, um, I've been I've been reading the Bible recently, and um, I noticed the passage Ennis 7.20. 17? Uh, <laughs> um, doesn't matter. Um, and it said, it said, um, God said that all religious zealots who follow our religion, they all have a master's degree in life. And that's what I can bring to your company. <laughs> a master's degree in life. It's not that one person you've got that like, you used to go to school with, and on their Facebook page it's like, graduated from university, university of life. School of Hard Knocks. I also did a um, culinary school with my missus, so I, I, I can whip up a mean souffle. Okay, okay. Stereotypical Australian man? What was the question again, Collar? <laughs> I was busy sharpening my knife. <laughs> I just slit a dingo's throat with it. It's still bleeding on the floor over there. Sharp, Dingo! I'll stamp on your head! <laughs> the question... Carry on! Stereotypical Australian <laughs> Yes, that's me. ...is what relevant qualifications do you have to qualify you for this position? Well, I just told you I've got a pretty good skills in stabbing dingoes and stamping on our heads. But also, in my time out in the outback, where I grew up in a little shack with my mum... Oh, I love my mum. <laughs> she, she, she's still out there. I, left, I, I didn't even tell her I, I was going. But she's still out there. I, I heard her shouting... Oh, Terry, come on, come on. Oh, no, that's that's front side bottom again. <laughs> <laughs> come on for your tea. Oh, I've, I've lost, I've lost your, I've lost your Australian accent. That's front side bottom. Thanks, Robbie. Throw <laughs> shrimp on the barbie. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back along. in the zone. No, I need, to, I need to get no, back in the zone. Oh Christ! Throw another shrimp in moving the shed. Along. This is this is a group interview. You failed. You you you're already you're flailing. Wild. I need to clamour for power in this group interview. And it's I'm afraid that that was very very poorly conducted. By religious zealot. So goodbye, religious zealot. I would like to welcome in our new interviewee, which is a football commentator. Oh, it's <laughs> a, it's a, 
if only I'd got this because it's so long since we last had Jibble Steinfeld on the show. <laughs> Jibble Steinfeld. Oh, yeah. It's question, so long since Jibble Next question in the group interview. This time we're going to go football commentator, Jessica Sidebottom, an Australian <laughs> man. What is something you can offer, offer that no other participants here can? So the interviewer, he's asked me to offer what I can offer to the the business incorporated, and I'm telling you, coming up the right, like Ronaldo on a straight, through the wing, football is pretty good. I don't know much terminology. Oh dear, what can I offer you? I can offer you a really fast voice. I can go, I can go, go! And there's all sorts of things. And I can be passionate, and I'm a great lover, and I like long works on the beach. Excellent. Jessica Sidebottom. Ah, uh, well... I was saying what I could offer, and I was thinking about all the bloody hard knocks I took back in Chef, and then I were I were talking about how when I were back in the school there, the the girls didn't like me because I was too good at the sports, but not one sport, so that's why I picked bloody seven. Uh, I moving along, stereotypical Australian man. What can you offer that no other participants here can? Well, I've just dealt with your dingo problem. I've stamped it in his head. Now it's no longer wailing in a corner. It's sitting there with a crushed head. So that's what I can offer. If you have... Well, I've, I've keep on Frank Sidebottom. You have ding- <laughs> if you have dingoes walking around your office, mate, I can stab him. I'll get those dingoes. Question number four in the group interview for Chief Employee of Business Can I switch out? Can I switch? You, you can, you can, you can switch out. out. Would, would you care to tell us who you are? The... Jessica Ennis is dead. Long live the twin grown out of her neck. <laughs> okay. Question number four. What is your greatest weakness? Starting from stereotypical Australian. My movie. greatest weakness? Well, I can't tell you that. I mean, the uh, the corks on my hat might be a little bit of a weakness if you, if you took a swing at those. If you cut off any of my corks, my life force will go down and I'm suddenly vulnerable. That's why, that's why we Australians wear corks in our hats. They're actually, they represent, it's actually taken from an old, old Aborigine ritual, you see. It actually extends our life. What, what's, what's I'm, I am 200 years old. Uh, <laughs> but if you cut off those corks, I will soon, I will suddenly die. Your greatest weakness is immortality. Well, that's my strength. But, but, but instead, it, of, it, instead, it, instead, instead of corks, painting in the lock. I must wear this hat at all times. <laughs> Moving along to... Who are you? <laughs> the football, football commentator. commentator. The football commentator. <laughs> Carrera con Super Santos. Goal! I tell you what my weakness is. My weakness is Zinedine Zidane's headbutt. <laughs> Fair enough. Moving along to twin grown from a neck. My weak point is the massive flashing red point on my side where I separated from my twin. Uh, where the neck used to be. Uh, my twin is now an Olympic gold medal winning athlete known as Jessica Venice. Good. The fifth and final question for Chief Employee of Business Incorporated. If you could give one bit of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Let's start with football commentator. <sighs> Don't drink as much when you're around the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along to stereotypical Australian man. Well, I tell myself to look out for those drop bears. When I was 12 years old, a drop bear <laughs> fell from the eucalyptus trees and it mauled my face. Have you even seen my face? Look, I'll pull apart those corks that keep me alive for 200 years. Look at my face, mate. It was torn apart by drop bears. I don't even have a nose anymore. Twin They're vicious. Grown, twin grown from a neck. Establish a comedy character that involves less sweating in your face and also be more secretive with your identity as a twin born out of Jessica Ennis's neck. 
Well, thank you all for coming to attend this interview, this group interview for Chief Employee of Business Incorporated. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch with you very, very soon. Thank you for attending. It's never this a has good been sign. a genuinely enlightening experience. Firm handshake. Verb. Verbal discharge. <laughs> Whose laugh was that? Seth Rogen. That was Seth Rogen's <laughs> laugh, correct. Uh, dude, we'd. <laughs> dude, James, <laughs> James Franco's dick. <laughs> James Franco's gay. <laughs> yep, correct. You've gone through all of Seth Rogen's jokes and cut down some time in Seth the explaining. Rogen. Seth Rogen in a nutshell. Soon to be, soon to be uh, um, featured in the upcoming Steve Jobs film when Steve Wozniak turns to Steve Jobs <laughs> and says, Dude, we'd. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying to James, actually, on this, that when that casting was announced, Seth Rogen will get an Oscar nomination for that. And I stand by that. And he inevitably will. You know full yeah. well that he will. And you disagreed with me at the time, but now it's looking more and more inevitable. Yeah, but now, I've, now I've seen the film poster, and I, it, it, it's got the film poster of the sort of film that the Academy will lose their minds over. Yeah, yeah. However, when you think about Seth Rogen, do you ever think about the fact that he's got a mum? Uh, not really. I'm, very, very seldom. Just, <clears throat> so, however, he does. And brilliantly, I discovered this a few months ago, his mum has a Twitter account. Really? Oh, yep. Yeah. Sandy Rogan. Sandy How Rogan. How many followers it sounds, like, sounds like um, an awful curry. <laughs> does a bit. She's got uh, 32, no, sorry, 23,000 followers. That's a decent amount. It's a decent amount, but it's not sort of Seth Rogan Given numbers. that, like, all her main claims to fame is, like, she pushed a famous person out of a vagina once. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> I was going to say famous at the time. I'm just interested if she pushed a famous person out or... She pushed a person out that would later become <laughs> that was famous. The, well, it, I was just, that was James Franco. Well the, <laughs> well, the baby came out laughing and smoked a fat doobie, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can all draw our own conclusion from that. Oh, Mommy just gave birth to me. Oh, I'm smoking <laughs> weed. <laughs> I know, but I, I, I always enjoy uh, Sandy Rogan's tweets. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of her in general. I'm a big fan of the fact that there is a woman out there who knows full well that her son is only famous because he smokes weed. <laughs> Seth so. Rogan smokes weed? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you've first, ever come first across First I've heard of it. Is that, what, Ricky Gervais is an atheist? <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, I just want to, because we've got a couple of minutes to kill, run through a couple of Sandy Rogan tweets, just because they amuse me. Just I, I'm expecting her... them to be sort of mundane, but in the most beautiful way. So, Sandy tweeted saying, I just ate the most amazing sweet potato biscuit. I didn't know... How did you sweet, make a sweet potato, potato biscuit? biscuit? Yeah, that's news to me. She did retweet um, a picture of um, her son topless, which is a bit disturbing. Yeah. Do, do you think? Yeah. Seth, look, look at my son's chest. Do you think <laughs> Seth Rogen actually has a mum, or just a really dedicated PR lady <laughs> who pretend he has a mother? The one when in the fact, same. He was grown out of her. Someone chucked a slip down on the floor and it just <laughs> into a pile of toxic waste and it grew out into an actual person. Like, like, like the Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I just want to see uh, I just want to see Seth Rogen just like, constituting himself just someone from toxic waste. Just like, you know, like in Spider-Man 3 when, uh, when the Sandman constitutes himself from a big pit and it's like, sort of like, it's like he's falling down and sort of screaming and stuff. Seth Rogen like that. <laughs> oh, 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 smoke weed. <laughs> well, better find James Franco and make movies of him. So, yeah, I mean, that wasn't a particularly interesting segment, but I just thought I want to make everyone aware of the fact that Seth Rogen has a mother. Probably a father as well, somewhere. Robbie, what was the first movie you saw Seth Rogen in? Um, I'm not sure. Whatever it was, I probably didn't recognise him as... Donnie Darko. No, it's Donnie Darko. Was he in Donnie Darko? Right. Oh, yeah, he's, he's the bully. Yeah, he's the bully yeah, in, yeah, in Donnie is. Darko, yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. And I remember sort of seeing that and going, oh, this is Seth Rogen's first screen appearance. And uh, who's Seth Rogen? Why, do, why should I care? Why should I care about Seth Rogen? You know, I, I, I'm trying to think. Was it... 
the, I think the first film I saw him in was Pineapple Express. Mm. That is it's, a film I mean, it's, it's arguably his most well-known film. Yeah. yeah. And with good reason, it's probably amongst his best. Pineapple yeah. Express is quite funny. Yeah. yeah. I watched last night uh, for a good time call, in which he is the only good bit. It's well, it was. I, I like the bit with Kevin Smith in as Kevin, well. Oh, Kevin Smith. Kevin, oh, Kevin, yeah. Kevin Smith has like um, less than a minute on screen. Seth Rogen has about three minutes and is the funniest thing in the film. Uh, it's no, but it's written by and starring his wife, so you can kind of understand why he's in it. Mm. Pat your bags, Pat, your bags, get Pat, your things, because I'm ending the show with a sing. We're going to leave the show now. Verbal discharge. So you are back with us on Verbal Discharge on the Phantom Media Radio. And the time is, because we haven't done any of the normal conventions today, and the time is two minutes to seven. That clock look, uh, makes it feel like we're in an episode of 24. Mm. Can, so we, can, we, down. can we plug ourselves? Yeah, if you want. Right, so um, I'll, I'll start off with the Twitter handle. I know it's a, it's a, we're doing it in a different way than normal. So you can find us on Twitter at, at VerbDisRadio. Uh, you can find us on the Facebooks at facebook.com forward slash Verbal Discharge. Or you can find our website, https uh, colon slash slash www.verbaldischarge.com. Uh, .co.uk. Double. Double. Right, is it .com or .co.uk? .co.uk. Oh, .co.uk. .co.uk. Sorry, let me start that again. Tutapussa colon slash slash w. Double W, <laughs> full stop, <laughs> verbaldischarge.co.uk. Uh, you can also email us at things at uh, And iTunes, please find us on iTunes, please rate and review us, it does help us, it's whatever. Also, we have a YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel, we have a YouTube channel. Speaking of which, oh, there's some exciting things happening on yeah, said YouTube yeah, channel, we're, we're, aren't there? Yeah, um, well, we, the, not only the trailer that we put on Facebook yeah. is on there, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're backdating all our episodes, so if you're scared of Podbean... Because yeah. I've, I found that some people are kind of intimidated by the notion. Mm. I don't know why, but they're like, "Oh, I don't want to go on that podbean. Sounds scary." So you can you can listen to us on YouTube, and yeah. there'll be there will be probably video things of us as well. Or yep. use a podcast consolidating app like Podcast Addicts, or iTunes. Where we'll be uh, given our updates every time. For always, always, always plugging Apple's products, aren't you? Well, Robbie? it's just always, because... always saying, "Oh, Seth Rogen is Steve Wozniak." That isn't even close to your voice. <laughs> <laughs> How much are Apple paying you, Robbie? <laughs> not enough shill. not enough but there's an exciting video thing going up on monday there was a trailer went out for it last monday uh there's always the the blog stuff i did one yesterday on derby itself the it beautiful was, city it of was derby. quite funny thank you also if you have so. like 20 hours to kill there is a verbal discharge playlist where we go through a load of episodes yeah so if you've got 20 hours to kill there are 20 episodes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah is that i i think those are about the things that are going on just about all of it there's, there's always things happening in the world of verbal discharge, is mm. there not? There, there's usually a thing or two going on. Hey guys, we have to verb dis radio. See what I did there? It's like mm. it, how, it's, how it's called on Twitter. It's like, oh, like, it's, 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 it's like verb dis radio. Can, 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 can we just be silent for a moment? In honour of our a fallen moment, A moment's <laughs> silence in honour of Ben's bad puns. We said silence, trumpeter. <laughs> Keep your stupid comments in your pocket. God, you and your trumpets. Don't touch me. Oh, you can't, I can't say it. the word. You can't finish it. And yet we've said everything else on mother, this. Mother, mother chaffer. Mother yeah. spammer. Brilliant. Uh, ben, because you're only here sometimes, would I you am. like to give us the final word of the show? Trumpets.